to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Sunday, September 27th, once upon a time enters a whole new world. I'm King Arthur of Camelot. Of Gallant Knight. We've come to find you. You were expecting us. And brave warriors. I'm Merida. The clash of good versus evil has never been this intense. The fight to control my darkness has just begun. Once upon a time, the season premieres Sunday, September 27th on ABC. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie D. Simone. And this is a group of podcasters who know what a bike is. <laughs> we also talk about ABC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I am glorious. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, we're streaming out uh, live Monday night, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. As usual, we have... And over at Alpha Geek Radio. And at Alpha Geek Radio. Uh, definitely, I uh, don't want to forget those guys over there. And we have quite an active chat room already. Seriously, Six I've just people. been watching it go through. I'm like, I can't touch it, but... I see it. Mm-hmm. It's over there. Sadly, Yay. we can't take credit for all no. of the uh, the uh, people, people over there. We in would the chat love room to take credit for all of you, but we happen to nah. have about a bajillion, a bajillion uh, other podcasters, a, a bajillion uh, other podcasters here tonight. Uh, so I, I guess because uh, we're doing the dark podcast roundtable, talking season five a once upon a time Yeesh. as we're wont to do. Uh, but I, I guess we should go ahead and get everyone to introduce themselves, and then we'll get started in the main discussion here uh why don't we start with uh the people we said we'd start with before we started recording go that would be amanda amanda yeah i think that would be me hi i'm amanda i'm from once upon a podcast and it's so great to be here with you tonight uh, it's great to have you uh, we we, we uh, end up uh, tweeting back and forth with you guys a lot because you uh for for the live tweeting the live and tweeting we love Twitter, yes, and I love the w- live tweeting. I felt uh, sad last Sunday when there was none. <laughs> there was nothing to tweet. I was Ooh. like, "Why?" I okay. I didn't know what to do with my life. <laughs> I, I created a, another Twitter account and just tweeted out random uh, "Once Upon a Time" opinions. You've done that before, yeah. though. I, maybe. <laughs> You've done fake spoilers before. Don't I have. Do that. I have done fake spoilers before. Okay, uh, Brittany, why don't you go ahead and go next? I am Brittany, the other half of Once Upon a Podcast, mm-hmm. and I also live tweet, but on a separate account because I am the caps lock cusser of the two of us, so I keep mine. Mine is on Over a different there. side. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's very, that's a good time to that's remind our pan, panelists uh, that we are going to try and keep it uh, fairly uh, G PG ish chat room as well. Let us know if somebody's acting up. Don't go past darn is what we're saying. <laughs> Don't darn your socks either because this is not the time this or the place ha- for it. Well, isn't it? I mean, if they're just sitting there watching, no, no, okay. no darning of socks. No darning of socks. Okay, uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, move over to Daniel? How you doing, Daniel? Very well. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, host of Once, the unofficial podcast. For I'm doing my intro. Just like I do for, it's like so much of a habit. You know, as soon as I say once, it's just robot mode. I start oh, introducing yeah. my own podcast. Oncepodcast.com and once podcast on Twitter. Yay. Oh, that, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you can introduce your I because this is this is every once podcast all put together. I, I except we're the only I think we're the only podcast represented who doesn't have once, once. in the name. In the name. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, next up, uh, it, well, actually, I guess technically uh, Jeff doesn't either. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and go next? All right. Uh, my name is Jeff Roney, and I'm the host of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad I wasn't chosen to be a dark one. <laughs> yes. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> Everybody will get a chance to be the dark one. <laughs> oh, and then it's going to be reason pieces for everybody because yeah. love those. Anyway. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. And uh, last but not least, why don't you go ahead, Lisa? Okay. I am Lisa Curry, and I am one of the hosts of the Once Upon a Time podcast with the DVM Podcast Empire on DVMPE.com. Empire is the right word. You guys have a podcast for like you, every you guys show. have two podcasts for every show out there. Yeah, maybe. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. If you think there might be a podcast about a show, we you probably have it. it. That's kind of how I got involved. I was looking for a podcast about shows and there it was. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Nice, okay. Nice. Well, I, well, welcome everyone. Yes, welcome. Welcome to the party. Welcome. Yay. We won't betray you, uh, like Arthur did to Prince like everyone Charming. did. Yeah. at some point or another. I guess that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of betrayal. But, uh, you know what? I, th- I think we are going to compete with you, or at least I will, because uh, we're going to be doing a little uh, once season five trivia before we get started in the main discussion. You guys ready? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the, the way we do this is. Uh, you buzz in by saying your name. And, so uh, that I know who to call on. Yeah, Amory won't be playing because she came up with all of the questions, uh, but I will be playing, and I'm going to try and get all of the uh, questions I answer wrong. So, uh, yeah, so buzz in <laughs> using your name. Uh, winner wins nothing. Okay, Amory. Okay, number one. What do dark ones not need? A, money. Brittany. Yes, Brittany. Sleep. Correct. <laughs> 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 Excellent. Oh yeah, and uh, you, you two, uh, you, you'll you'll be one score since you're from the same podcast. I'm good with that. <laughs> you, should be, you should be of one brain anyway. I guess. We are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Left and right side. <laughs> okay. To light the flame, Emma must a embrace the darkness, b possess Excalibur and the dagger, c be ready to let go of the darkness, Lisa, or d be ready I, to let go. Correct. Point ding, to ding, Lisa. Ding, 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 ding. I like this. Yes. On the when we did this with Gotham, they all just sort of stared at me <laughs> after I did all four choices. I'm like, guys, anybody with me? Come on. Okay. I feel like just appreciating the show again. It's like. Yeah, that was a good moment. Or, yes. Yeah, that's a really clever question. I, oh, I'm supposed to answer. This is not the time for reflection or darning socks. <laughs> okay. Which dwarf is currently a tree? Daniel. Oh. I'm, I, oh. That, that was tough. Um, I'm going to let Daniel answer because Brittany already answered him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Okay. Dopey. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, the only uh, podcast not on the board right now are us and uh, Once Upon a Time fan podcast, I think. Yes. 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 And you're keeping score? I am. Hi. Okay. Okay, wait a second. We have three points. No, I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) Who tethers Merlin to Excalibur? A. Yes, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur. Wrong. Oh. Jeff. Yes, Jeff. That's right. Lena? Yes. Arthur's got no magic. Everyone's he can't do the... nothing without a magical item. <laughs> Everyone's on the board except us, which means I need to pay attention now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's fine. What enchanted item did Regina get from Percival? D, shoes. C, Brilliant. yes. A necklace. 
Yes. Ding, 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 and yes, I'm going randomly backwards through my own points. <laughs> do, do, do. Okay. Okay. Uh, just uh, to be clear, score right now, Once Upon a Podcast 2, Once Podcast 1, a Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast 1, and Once Upon a Time Podcast 1. And greeting some, some storybook. Story a big goose egg. Big goose egg. Focus on answering the questions instead of updating the score every minute. What? If I don't do it, who will? We'll get there. Okay. How does Merlin receive his magic? A. Brittany. Yes, Brittany. <laughs> he drinks from the Ark of the Covenant thing. Oh, oh no! Oh. Can I feel? Can I feel? Yes. <laughs> it's the Holy Grail. Yes, it's the yes. Holy Grail. Ding, 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 ding. Ark of the Covenant is a completely <laughs> different movie. Not the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> it will melt your face. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, da, da. Ooh. Okay. Before going full on dark, one Emma's hand starts to turn gold. What does she do to make this happen? A makes dream catchers. Daniel. Yes, Daniel. She saves Robin. Yes. Ding ding yes. ding 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 ding. Oh, see, here's an easy one. This is an easy one. Okay, I'm locked in. <laughs> okay, you better answer quick because they're all gonna hold get on, it. Hold on, wait a second. Okay, my name's Bill. Okay, I know what it now. Okay, go. What is Zelina's pregnancy craving? Brittany. See, I even helped you. <laughs> Yes, Brittany. Onion rings. Yes, onion rings. <laughs> where from? It didn't matter at that point. The only restaurant in Storybrooke since season one. <laughs> well, there was the ice cream place for a brief oh, moment so, yeah. in time with oh, the crazy lady. Oh, that Italian restaurant. When did they go to the Italian? Hook and Emma's date. Yeah, they went on date. I blocked that out. <laughs> um, okay. Who is locked in Arthur's dungeon? A, Percival and Merida. B, Brittany. Mulan and Ruby. Oh, I don't know who's speaking. That was Brittany. That was yeah. Brittany? Uh, yeah, Lancelot and Merida. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, uh, just uh, to keep track of score. Okay, well, we're going under the last one, just so you know. We're Once going Upon ahead. a Podcast 4, Once Podcast 2, Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast 1, Once Upon a Time Podcast 2, and Greetings from Storybrooke 7. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. How does Rumple escape from Merida's ropes? A, rips them Brittany. out of the... Gr- yes, Brittany. He uses the cup to... He breaks the cup, uses the cup to saw his way free. We have a winner. I wish I had a prize for her. Yeah, yeah. I think a pretty clear <laughs> ding, 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 winner ding, ding, ding. with five points. Uh, even though we got seven, but they were all fake points. <laughs> they were all so fake points. They don't points. count. <laughs> Hold on. Let me use a dream catcher and take them out of your head. <laughs> no, but congratulations. Yay! As I said, you win nothing. You win nothing but our applause. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Okay. You know, good way to get loosened up. Get us all warmed right, right up, up a little. Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Okay, so I guess we should get started into the main discussion here. Okay, first up, we're going to talk characters. I figure uh, characters is a really good way uh, to get started, kind of get into the flow. They're kind we, of important. Before we ask the big questions. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, Emma. Once upon a podcast, uh, why, why don't you tell us your thoughts about the dark swan this week? The squeezing. The squeezing. <laughs> Well, it started off super, super intriguing. I loved, I, I mean, I think we were both so excited at the end of last season when she became the dark one, because who mm-hmm. saw that coming? That was great. Right. But um, it, so it started off really strong and mysterious, and I love that so much. But honestly, um, by the end of the season, I think 
things turns a lot and maybe we almost didn't get as much of dark Emma as we wanted to see, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. That She's right. That's everything. We had talked about this a lot in our last podcast because I was so excited when they released the Comic-Con trailer and it was mm-hmm. Emma crushing some guy's hearts. It was so cool. And I really wanted to see Emma. I really wanted to see the script flip and see something we hadn't seen before on the show. And so I, I feel like they missed the mark with Emma a little bit because it came less about Emma as the story went on. Yeah, because she, she never really did anything that dark, no. really. No. Like, uh, I, I, I guess uh, taking that little girl's heart for, for a couple hours was probably the worst thing she did. But, I mean, that was all yeah, she was a teenager. It, it, it wasn't really the dark swan. It was more just like the, the slightly morally gray swan, I guess. But that, that doesn't work as well in marketing. It really uh, doesn't, so. Uh, Daniel, what did you think about Emma's portrayal this season? We had been predicting that Emma might be the dark one someday since season one. Like even when Rumpel nice. said, you'll owe me a favor back when um, she helped bring back Ashley to Storybrooke, we thought, oh, that favor is going to be take the Dark One power away from me and you become the Dark One. So way back from episode uh, eight, I think that was or so, uh, Mm -hmm. that's when we were hoping for it and predicting that it might happen someday. So I was really eager to get to see it. I was a little bit let down in it. Like I was hoping to see Emma look a little bit more reptilian uh, or, or something in some way. The way they did it, I think, was really fitting for the way that the story turned out. But it was still cool to see. And I'm not so sure we're finished seeing her struggle with Dark One powers. Uh, just because uh, she, maybe because she, she could still hear the uh, dagger whispering a little bit. Yeah. And the hint that... Um, Arthur, or uh, was it Arthur? No, it was, I'm sorry, Merlin, who said something about only a particular person can wield all of that power. And I'm thinking that's either Emma or someone else. So I don't think Emma's done with dark power. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely very disappointed she didn't get uh, the, the glittery makeup like Golden has, has too. I Her mean, hand did for a brief I, moment in time. I think every character could be improved with just like a, a, a base coat of glitter. You know? <laughs> I fully support glitter at all times. So yeah. That would be great. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeff, how did you feel about Emma this season? Emma, uh, she's good at repelling the darkness, and she's bad at helping Henry's love life. So <laughs> <laughs> that's really yes. kind of what I, I – she is the good dark one, and that really was the bad part of it. Is she never – she was tempted into doing dark things, but she never really fell into it. So I, I don't know. I, I wish for a little darker – dark one with emma and i I don't know i thought we were going to have henry become the author again i don't know i I just yeah you think they'd bring that up at some time they did mention it for a brief uh, you know when he was trying to hit on violet and that's also why uh he was able to use the the toadstool thing yeah because he was the author but that's it yeah you'd think he'd, he'd, he'd get a new pen or something that'd be nice and, and I thought that would have been the thing where she would have gone really dark and the only way to get her out would have been Henry becoming the author again and writing her out of that somehow. So anyway, that's that ties the two together. So mm. I, I would have really have liked to have seen uh, the, how Merlin came up with the whole author concept, too. Right. You know, you know the job, the position. And really, mm-hmm. why almost? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's more like a giant loophole is all the author really 
was. Well, it did make for a very good uh, season finale last Well, yeah, it was a good season finale. Sure. Good alternate timeline kind of thing. Because uh, we Le- need another alternate timeline. Lisa, hey, what, what did you think about Emma overall? Yeah, well, sometimes I'm really good at making predictions, and sometimes I'm completely terrible at them. And mm-hmm. for probably a good part of this season, I really did think that you know Emma had gone dark and something terrible had gone on um, in Camelot. Because, you know, Snow had even said at one point, you know, what has gone so wrong to turn Emma so dark? Mm -hmm. Because we didn't really know what her endgame was. But then we kind of figure out, you know, she actually really hasn't done anything dark. Mm-hmm. She played with it a little, um, but I, I agree. She, there is a chance that she may be able to be that one person who can be strong enough to have the dark powers, but only use them for good, like she talked about with Merlin. Yeah. But I think maybe she might take a little bit more training and time to become that become strong enough because he didn't think she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that really kind of, kind of got me about it is I know that Jennifer Morrison in a lot of interviews and stuff, she said, you know, she went to like uh, the New York public library, I think, and like looked through all these old fairy tale books and everything right. to study darkness, to prepare herself for it. And it, it, she, she, one, she never went that dark. Yeah. And, and two, uh, I, I don't know. It just felt like she was preparing for a completely new take on the character that would last the rest of the series or something right and it, it just never really delivered it was she was she was a fakey dark one for she really was she really well, like, and she was trying to convey that to everybody that she yeah. wanted them to think she was dark so she could sneak around and get her stuff done yeah sorry colleen i didn't mean to know or i'm sorry your name is not colleen but um <laughs> why okay. would they why would she say the exact things to make everybody want to see what she's up to. Cause she was so, so mad in the second episode, you know, you did this to me. Um, yeah. You guys made me this way. You failed me in Camelot when actually Emma, you did that to yourself by right. right? saving hook. Um, but she said exactly the things that you would say to somebody when, when they're going to want to figure out what's going on, they're going to dig a little bit deeper. It really spurred Regina on. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, dark one she was maybe the worst dark one in the literal sense like she really was a terrible dark one <laughs> maybe that's what it ended up being well because... it, I, I know it definitely felt to me anyway that uh the scene uh the scene from the finale where or i think it was the finale where the the it, or maybe the yeah. episode right before where the curse happens and we see what happens right before they get transported back to storybrook felt a lot of it felt like really quickly patched together to get us to where what we saw in uh episode two i think uh you were talking or episode one or two whenever they get transported back to mm-hmm. storybrook like uh hook's like oh oh wait a second uh the the uh excalibur was in the stone let's let me wish it back there real quick so yeah you know it's all in place and everything it, it felt weird. a little little patched together a lot of this season did seem like they suddenly had to go into hyperspeed mode to wrap mm-hmm. things up quickly mm-hmm. very similar to what they did in season two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it almost felt like they they inserted an entire no- other episode that had nothing to do with the rest of the plot of the season. I don't know. I... Shh, don't talk about the Canadian bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> talk okay. about the bootleg. All right. Well, I guess we should move on to the next dark one then. Uh, Hook. Uh, Captain Hook. Uh, Killian Captain Jones. Killian. Um, we, we, what did you guys uh, think about Hook's uh, dark turn this season, uh, starting with Once Upon a Podcast? 
Well, wow. Yeah. Where do I begin? So many mixed emotions about this. Um, Personally, you know, we've been talking on our podcast for a long time that Hook hasn't had a lot to do. He hasn't had a really substantial Mm storyline in several seasons. And so we were wishing for a little bit more for him to do and to just kind of dig into a really good story about Hook. And I guess be careful what you wish for, because we definitely got that um, for better or for worse. I'm glad that Hook really had something to do and something to explore this season. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, to kind of go back to the whole Emma thing. On the other hand, it, it did take a way a little bit from Emma being the dark one because suddenly we were pushed into, oh, I guess Hook's the dark one. And then he really was a good dark one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. he was actually dark. It was more entertaining than her as the dark one to me. Yeah. Well, he, he, he had that uh, propensity within himself more so than Emma, I think. You yeah. Know, so it, it was very easy to, easy for him to fall back into old ways. Well, for sure. I mean, he begged for death and she's like, nope, you shall live. <laughs> I'll attach you to this metal thing. <laughs> what about you, Brittany? Are you hooked on Hook? Well, this is, I think, the first season I really liked Hook as a character. Like, this is the most I've liked him ever. And I've mm-hmm. said for a really long time that his development and his redemption has always seemed a little bit quick to me. Mm-hmm. Because he went from Storybrooke going to kill you all with Greg and Tamara to five days later in Neverland kissing Emma. And that always seems super fast to me. So I am really glad that now we have this random thrown in backstory that he murdered his father. Just, <laughs> hey guys, here's a backstory for you. This is why he's so angry. So I am glad that we got that, but I, I don't think it really filled that I need to know more about Hook to really, really dig into him as a character. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that the whole uh, insert of backstory was kind of set up for something they might pay off next half season. Maybe or they might forget. To maybe pay he'll off. he'll run into his daddy in the underworld or something like that. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that would be awkward. Maybe yeah. that would be a little awkward. Hey, Dad. Hi. Sorry How's that wound? You. How's that? Sorry about that time I shanked you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Daniel. How? What did you think about Hook overall this season? <laughs> oh, oh, there's a lot in that side. Yeah. I thought at first, oh, cool that he became the dark one. And I can kind of go along with the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you heard, but in our discussion of the episode Broken Heart, I went back to the episode The Bear and the Bow, where we first saw Merlin's voicemail. And mm-hmm. we'd never <laughs> noticed this before. But if you look very carefully in the corner, when Merlin yeah. looks over and said, the dark one is here. Now, one of my co-hosts or a couple of my co-hosts said, I don't think he's talking about Emma. It must be someone else. But if you look very carefully, and we have a screenshot, enhanced screenshot of this in our uh, notes oncepodcast.com slash 223 if you want to see it <laughs> you can see hook's silhouette it's definitely hook's silhouette nice. so i don't think that the hook being the dark one thing was just thrown in near the end of the season because that was near the beginning of the season that we saw that voicemail but that being said i think the biggest problem i have with it is how much he changed because he was the dark one and how it was just like, oh, I'm now instantly the meanest guy in the world. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want you to do this to me. So I'm going to hurt you because I love you and you love me and I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to destroy you. 
it just it didn't fit and it it was messy and in fact for the episode broken heart um, my co-host jeremy <laughs> i think properly labeled it the unsupervised episode where some other writers got to do something that then made a little bit of a mess and then kitsis and horowitz had to come in and clean it up <laughs> that, that's very like i i, I for one, I definitely agree that Hook's turn towards, you know, going after Emma and everything seemed a little off as the character. Hook Killian that we've known for a few seasons now at the same time. I always think of him or think of, uh, you know, the Dark One power is almost like a drug. And Hook is a reformed addict, you know, so I mean. Barely even. I mean, it's really only mm-hmm. been like two seasons. Yeah, but if you if you give a ex-junkie or a reformed alcoholic or something. Uh, booze for a couple days, boom, they're right back to being the, the bad person they were before they got cleaned up and everything. So I, I what, on one hand, I can kind of see how the buildup of Hook over the past couple seasons feels like it was wasted when he became the Dark One. On the other hand, I, I know ex-addicts, ex-alcoholics, you know, will hurt the ones they love almost immediately once they get back on the juice, you know, so. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think about Hook? Before we turn into Hook, Good at helping Emma forget about Bad Rumple, and yeah. he is bad at not removing his hook when he's the dark one. What the heck? <laughs> the yeah, you'd think that'd be the first thing you'd fix. Like, because Rumple didn't limp when he became the dark one, threw away the cane, did a little dance. I mean, he was ready to go. Hook, on the other hand, I, you know, and, and it was just all his dark look was a messed up hair. That's it. That's all... He got. I, I, so I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it was rushed. I would have liked to have seen Dark Emma for a while, wrestle mm-hmm. more. I, I don't know. But in the end, it was it was gold the whole time and Rumpel. And so there you go. I, 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 I Lots of missed opportunities. I won't go into it now. So we'll just leave it right there. <laughs> put a pin That's in right. it. Put a hook in it. There you go. Put a hook in it. Okay, uh, Lisa, what did you think about Hook's journey this season? Yeah, I definitely think it was rushed as well. I mean, they were giving him what we joked around on our podcast that he was earning so many good boyfriend points mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole season that he was like the best boyfriend ever. And then um, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm the dark one. OK, I hate everyone. Yeah, it just it happened too quickly when Zelina reminded him or told him that he was the dark one. Um, but I definitely could understand the transition when they did the flashback uh, to Camelot of when it actually happened that you see all the darkness swirl around him and all these terrible, terrible memories come back and flood him and build that anger up. And so he's ready to act on that anger. So I could see why it would be that way in Camelot, but I don't understand why it came back so quickly after everything that had happened in Storybrooke and how he was behaving with Emma. Oh, but yeah, yeah, he was a fun bad boy. <laughs> well, but he, then he did get a second attack of all those memories again, really, because when he got his memories back, which weird that you can control a dark one just by taking their memory. Yeah, you think he would have like felt some strange urges and wonder what was going on. Yeah, you know, or heard the thing talking to him since it talks yeah. to everybody who's mm-hmm. ever been it. Like, I don't know. Like, so he basically got that second flash of memories. So I could almost see the quick mm-hmm. jump over. Yeah. We, one thing you bring back up uh, the, the episode where he turns and everything, mm-hmm. too. And they, that's kind of another reason that he might be a bit resentful of Emma oh, yeah. is just because he he was ready to die. He was like, OK. 
I did my part, mm-hmm. going out a hero, et cetera, et cetera. And she, she just completely disregards, you know, his wishes and turns him into the thing he's hunted for hundreds of years, you know, so. Right. And then she does it again at the end of the episode. <laughs> Let me die a hero. Okay. Oh, he didn't need to die. We're going to the underworld. Come on, everyone. Like, why won't just you let, let him die? die? He wants to die. Like, I feel like this is the people that, like, are, like, it's going to sound awful, so please don't Like, that are literally at the end of, like, a long illness, and they're like, no, really, I can't do it anymore. Let me go. And she's like, no, they'll give you something else. We'll keep you stringing along for a little while. Like, let the man go, honey. And she let Neil go so easily. We're not going to get into that. (laughs) She didn't go to the underworld for him, which means that her and Hook must be true love. That's all I'm saying. Or she's gonna, or she'll run into Neil in the underworld too, and then it's gonna be awkward. Bringing back Neil. <laughs> she probably just didn't know that it was possible to go to the underworld to get somebody back then. It'll be like no. an old episode of Saved by the Bell. Oh wait, I'm here in the underworld with my two boyfriends. <laughs> what will I do? <laughs> But what about the whole thing early on in, in the season when Emma and Hook kissed and it didn't break oh, the spell? Yep, exactly. No true love kiss yet. No true love kiss. Unless they were having an off day. They were both dark ones, remember? So dark one kissing dark one it's does that break, break the, the curse. Oh. I, we don't know. <laughs> dark one plus dark one equals dark kiss. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go ahead and move on to a Camelot. Camelot was Camelot. introduced this year, uh, which uh, brings with it a lot of characters. And we're just going to kind of lump most of them in uh, together. King yeah. Arthur, Guinevere, uh, Lancelot c- comes back. Uh, Momentarily. And then he leaves and then he comes back. And then we send him away again. There's that dude you mentioned in the trivia who gave Regina the necklace whose name I already forgot. Percival. Percival. That's it. Well, that's about all uh, the longer he was in the show. Yeah, basically. But uh, Once Upon a Podcast, what did you think about uh, – about Camelot. Why? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I get that if you're going to do Excalibur, you kind of want to go to Camelot, but they dropped it so fast that it's, it was pointless. I guess Arthur and his people are just hanging out in Storybrooke now. Storybrooke will be new Camelot now. They're like, we can't leave. We're here. Hey, nobody's running the place. Yeah, I mean, Meredith's trying to hold him off with her bow. That's all she can do. But I guess the part that really bothered me about Camelot is that it's all fake, and there's no resolution to that at all whatsoever. So I think that just really bothers me. And I, other than Merlin and Excalibur, which they could have placed anywhere, it didn't even have to be in Camelot. I don't see what the point was. Yeah, they they never even really, because Merlin's, uh, and I mean prophecies and Once Upon a Time in general, are basically like, yeah, you'll get the gist of what's going to happen, but the details might work out a little differently or something. His his prediction, his prophecy about Arthur did not come true at all. I mean, really. like It, it just kind of floundered. But I, I, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Amanda, what did you think of Camelot? You know, I like what little we saw of it because I am a sucker for a romantic ball and dancing and I love the costumes and I just think, especially the second episode of the season, The Price, I thought that was such a romantic episode, basically. And I enjoy it when Once Upon a Time kind of indulges in its fairy tale 
roots and obviously we see a lot of darkness and we saw a lot of darkness this season so it was really fun to just have a little bit of light airy fluff in Camelot while it lasted right. definitely I really enjoyed getting getting like the really deep backstory to magic within the world too like they, mm-hmm. that, that was probably my favorite part of the, the entire season was that we got you know thousand years back first magic user in Mist Haven slash Fairytale Land slash whatever you want to call it Arendelle yeah um, just but, around the river bend but you know kind of getting that origin story and stuff but uh, daniel what did you think about camelot yeah i liked the origin of stuff i loved seeing that the dagger was part of excalibur you know mm-hmm. the iconic sword and even knowing that rumple referred to excalibur a few seasons ago and uh neat to see them again take a character we're very familiar with arthur and change the character completely like they did with Peter Pan and like they've done with other characters that we consider to be good guys and then they change that. And so And like they haven't done with other characters. Yeah. So, like, for the once upon a time aspect of it, I think it made for a good story. It wrapped up a bit too quickly. And I know right now in the chat room, they are talking about what about this whole new Camelot thing? Yeah. Is that going to still be a thing now that our heroes are going to the underworld or not? I hope it is because I don't want to see Camelot, an entire land pushed onto Forgotten Character Island. Mm. <laughs> oh, but Forgotten Character Island, it's its its own world now. It's just mass. They should just set, <laughs> set a whole episode there. Or a whole series. You know, have, they could re- just have do a whole Red Once and Upon a... And... Oh, wait a second. <sighs> Jeff, what, what did you think about Camelot? Well, uh, <laughs> Camelot reminds me of Hollywood right before and during the Hollywood Christmas Parade. They really clean it up. It looks perfect. It looks nice. And once the parade is over, they roll up the red carpet, and it goes back to the way it normally looks. So it was this idea of Camelot being this perfect place where noble men and noble women and everyone was nice and working for good. And we find, as Once Upon a Time always does, that there are devious things going on in the background and all that. So that was normal. But I just, it was sad that it, it, it didn't it didn't really pay off to me. And then we have the Sands of Avalon and uh, all that kind of thing and, and all that. But I, I did enjoy the, um, the Silver Chalice. The Holy Grail and and the Excalibur and all that. I did find it interesting. I know I'm stepping on the thin ice here that they brought in biblical themes into this show. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't think that they would bring that in, but they did. And we actually got one email from someone that was really kind of upset that they turned the uh, chalice into Excalibur and all that stuff. The Holy Grail is more Arthurian than it is biblical, actually. The okay. holy, quote, holy grail, unquote, has referred to many things. I look right. at like Dan Brown's novel mm-hmm. and there he refers to the holy grail as something conceptual. And it's it's the bloodline of Jesus Christ, a completely different thing, not a chalice right. at all. So it, I think that, it, yeah, there's some connection to Christianity a little bit, but it's far more Arthurian and other legend than biblical in any sense. Yeah, and I, I think that I think they wrote it in such a way too that it was kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who put it there 
Right. Berlin we to had fall. nothing. Fine. And all yeah. I could think was Monty Python. So, so I, th- I think, I think it's definitely if if you want to read it as being the the kind of like a biblical origin of the Holy Grail or whatever, you can read it that way. If you want to read it as just kind of like this nebulous thing that Merlin happens to find that fits in with Arthurian legend, you can read it that way too. So no one, should, no one should be offended. No, no, no. Yeah, and it was like Lost. I mean, you see what you want to see from your perspective. Which we're just now starting Lost. <laughs> <laughs> we're only on episode. Three <laughs> well, Thursday, two thirty. Be here. Hang in there. Uh, so the but, but the thing I I did appreciate about Camelot is it brought back Lancelot. We met Guinevere, and and so these little side characters we did get to meet them and kind of see their story sort of played out, and then it they went away. So there's that. <laughs> Okay, Elisa, what did you think about Camelot overall? Well, it was some more lovely CG. (laughs) (laughs) High quality CG. The best castle you can buy off of Turbo Squid. Yeah. That's something that I always comment on um, when I'm podcasting on the show. It's just like, come on, this is a great show. People love the show. Spend just a touch more money on the CG or maybe this actual set. Because that would be great. Because like the costumes are beautiful, the actors do a great job, but the CG is always so bad. I think they blow all of their budget on the costumes because mm-hmm. if you look up, I mean, there's oh, that one time Tumblr- in Camelot. Yes, because uh, all those had to be made. It's not like you can just go buy them off the rack like you can the two thousand dollar outfits that every actress wears in Storybrooke. Like, <laughs> just put the money somewhere else. It was yeah. a pretty castle. Yeah. So, yeah. CG aside, um, it was you know it was fun. it's always fun to explore a new location that we've had reference to in past episodes but haven't been to yet. Um, I'd like to get some more answers. I hope we get some more um, Camelot or at least some Camelot people. Uh, in the second half of the season because I really want everyone to find out that Arthur has tricked them all because mm-hmm. yeah. they didn't explain that yet. Arthur is going to be in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur was a pretty interesting character that way just because he was, he was, he was this kid who got this prophecy saying he was going to be this great hero. How did he get the prophecy? And then yeah. he just screwed everything up. Well, it was just like he, he got, uh, he let the expectations drive him to dark places, yeah. you know, and it, 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 it was a very interesting character, not your typical villain. I, in that at some points I, I felt sympathy for him because it, it was kind of like a, you know, that, that kid who grows up his entire life with his dad behind his back saying, you're going to be a doctor just like me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's driving for it and driving for it. And then he flunks out of med school yeah. and, and you kind of see the, the bad places that can take somebody. So, very interesting character, probably one of the more complex characters that uh, or villains that once is done. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed him overall, but uh, okay, uh, I, I I was gonna give a whole section to Merlin, uh, but I feel like we covered him pretty well. I, I'll just open the floor. Anybody have any thoughts on Merlin before we move on? The only thing I'm bummed about is that we don't get answers for Henry and what it means to be the author. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he left another voicemail somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this season could have done with a, a an episode that flashes back flashback to like Merlin and the Apprentice post uh, Nimue yes. becoming the Dark One. Yes, that uh, would have to been kind nice. Of, kind of show how they hashed everything out, how they planned, what to do, sorcerer, go find an author, you know. All that While we're there, how come the Apprentice's death got one line thrown about <laughs> and yeah, I never maybe mentioned he's still again? In a coma somewhere. Yes, mm-hmm. I thought he was well in the back of Gold's shop with everyone else who is half dead. On the island of lost characters. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw that comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I seriously, like, the whole season, I thought, oh, well, the, the apprentice is still alive. He's just too weak to help them. And then they mentioned that he's dead. What? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was just so glan- glan- glanced over, and yes. I, I just I, I love that character last yes. season. I, I wanted to see more. Of Maybe him. they just weren't giving him enough, and he's like, "I ain't coming mm. back. <laughs> I, I put me on the island." Like, if nothing else, though, I am glad that uh, Merlin caused us to see the first clip from a Disney animated movie in Once Upon a Time. If I if I'm correct, yeah, I'm pretty sure the probably. Sword in the Stone clip was the first time we ever saw a Disney movie actually in the show, like a clip it's from like it. A I can't think. I know there's been mentions, like there was a Mulan mention, yes. there was a, what else was well, there? We've talked there to Netflix, we've talked uh, let's go to a movie, and everybody's like, yeah. hmm? So. Okay, so uh, next up here, uh, Nimue and the Dark Ones. They, this is kind of a combined category. Uh, we, we get an origin of the Dark One power uh, it, through uh, Nimue, uh, Merlin Lynn's uh, girlfriend. And uh, so, so once upon a podcast, what did you think of this whole big revelation of the origins of the Dark One? Ah! <laughs> Ooh, um, actually, the only thing that comes to mind right now is I was so relieved to know how to pronounce her name because I was butchering <laughs> her name for several podcasts prior to them actually saying her name on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting. Uh, it felt possibly a little rushed because um but it it felt like it fits with the once upon a time universe too you have the sort of love and then nimue chose power over love and it it felt like it flowed within the once upon a time universe which was nice yeah i could have done for for a, a couple more episodes or another half season or something where she was in storybrook causing havoc and that would have been nice yeah, yes that, that would have been good uh, yeah definitely I, I, we we always remembered how to pronounce it by going semi away, away. Uh, like the rusted root song uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we can't stop singing it, so I'll be in my head. <laughs> okay, uh, Brittany, what did you think? Well, I kept hoping or thinking that there would be like an 11th hour team switch where she would suddenly remember that she just loved Merlin and then something would happen with them away where she would either sacrifice herself or stop something from happening and then that did not happen and I was very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what did you think of the whole uh, did, did you think that the uh, origin for the Dark One powers made sense in everything overall and it, how about the boat full of Dark Ones that came in at the end? Uh, a little murky. The way I didn't actually realize that Gold had even made himself the Dark One again until I rewatched it. I was so confused. I was like, how is this even happening? This doesn't make any sense. I feel like if you have to go back and watch it again, the storytelling wasn't maybe quite as tight as they wanted it to be. But if you really think about it, I think a lot of the season feels like under great scrutiny, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So you yeah. just kind of look at it surface level and go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, he used he used a bottle of generic magic. You know? <laughs> Squid ink magic. White label. Available everywhere. White label magic all in all in uh, Ariel or something. <laughs> in Ariel font. Daniel, Dark Ones, Nimue, The Reckoning. <laughs> so how is finding Nimue supposed to fix anything? We never got True. that. That never happened. Yeah. yeah. Unless it was something like 
uh, Merlin was there saying, find Nimue. And then he turns around and says, oh, Nimue. Oh, you're taking my heart because you're inside Hook. And maybe that whole thing was just a bad decision on his part. But we never got to see why did it even matter and all of that. And The only thing I can see is that it, it caused Merlin to be killed, which sent him to the underworld or sent the the team to the underworld maybe they'll meet back up with merlin there and then they can fix it maybe maybe it will be a means to an end maybe and and who is in the underworld is a completely different debatable thing because isn't the wonder underworld supposed to be kind of like hell and wouldn't that mean that supposed to be only the bad people go there the purgatory type thing and usually in in legend and greek mythology it's kind of an unfinished business type place yeah so that's why in the promo everybody that regina's ever murdered is there It's hell with Casper rules, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, one of our co-hosts is studying Greek mythology, and she brought out a lot of Greek mythology insight. And she said, basically, they're like pulling from everything and nothing, essentially, at the same time in yeah. how they're defining this. But mm-hmm. to see, I think Nimue's character and the development of that was really neat, mm-hmm. and. To see that it ties in with this thing of love is weakness. No, love is strength. And it goes all the way back to the original Dark One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was pretty compelling. Like uh, that, that was some of my favorite stuff of the yeah. season was, was uh, her story and it just, like the origins of the Dark One. Yeah, it was nice to finally get that mm-hmm. origin. However, I would have liked the boar when we had all the cloaked Dark Ones. He wouldn't have fit on the boat. They had to leave him behind. You know... What did they do? I mean, he had to have stood up and put on a cloak to be able to even be there. Well, I guess, you know... All Dark One's president accounted for. A a boar Dark One would have the power to make himself walk on two legs, probably. Jeff, Dark Ones, Nimue, thoughts? I really did enjoy the love story uh, between uh, Nimue and Merlin. I thought that that was a wonderful thing. I thought we saw a little glimpse of Merlin as E.T. healing people and growing flowers and making magical things happen. I thought that maybe, like Britt said, the love story would have come into play later on and that he would have pleaded with her and maybe she would have struggled to let go of her darkness. He didn't see that, obviously, but that would have been something I was interested in seeing. The Dark Ones coming to Storybrooke, what huge wasted opportunity. I think that could have been a whole half season Mm-hmm. I thought that Gorgon, what does he look like? I mean, so many questions that I have about all that. And it was wrapped up so, so fast. I, I, I don't know. Th- that really bothered me that they let it go. Plus, it looked like a Def Leppard music video when they were all <laughs> in the lower portion there, or Tall Jaw was or something. But it was just, it, they could have done so much more. I, I'm glad we did see the origin of it. But anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely it felt it felt like they could have done more than just walk through all of the main characters and then never show up again until the end. And then they're they're all just dead, gone. Like, yeah. I, I would have liked to see them, you know, ransacking Storybrooke or something. Something. Like that. Do you know, something. Definitely. Yes, it was. It really was a letdown. The mm-hmm. whole Dark One. Whole Dark One deal. Lisa, what'd you think? Um... I really kind of wish, like, thinking on back on the season and then back on what everybody's saying just now, um, I think that um, I they really should have done maybe the second half of the season um, as the Dark Ones in Storybrooke. 
Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool to see more of them and get to know more of them um, because we had so much potential and it would have been cool to see more Nimue and maybe some kind of redemption for her. Um, maybe that's still possible uh, down in uh, the underworld um, because I, you know, once again, you know, it's unanswered questions and I, Oh, sorry. I did something weird on my computer. <laughs> um, I, I, the unanswered questions really bother me of, you know, all this buildup of Merlin's voicemail saying, hey, you guys need to find Nimue and she can help you. And then all we see is Dark Nimue. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how is she supposed to help? Plus, she's trapped inside the head of the Dark One. So how is she really supposed to help you defeat the Dark One because she's in their head? So there's a lot missing, and I'd really like to know more about that. So I'm hoping we get a little bit more. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, one thing that kind of confused me, too, is is I, I didn't understand how all of the Dark Ones kept their Dark One powers when going to the Underworld. Wouldn't that deplete the Dark One, like, reserves? You know, uh, they, they, that are available for the next Dark One. Yeah, especially because they seem to multiply. It's like, nope, mm-hmm. I have all of your powers. I have even your powers and your powers and those powers. And now I'm 28 Dark Ones. All I am all of the Dark Ones. I am me again. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was all weird. Okay, uh, speaking of weird, uh, actually, she wasn't so she wasn't weird so this weird. season. Uh, Regina, uh, what did you guys think about Regina's storyline this season? And uh, we'll start again with Once Upon a Podcast. Regina's storyline, the redemption that keeps happening with her, I am kind of fascinated by it because she's worked really hard to get to where she is. And yet you still get those glimpses of, I'm going to slap you in the face or, <laughs> or, you know, I really want to use my magic to hurt you, but she stops herself and she doesn't. And I like that. I'm a little interested to see what they do with the Regina who's totally reformed. I don't think she'll ever be totally reformed, but no. kind of the heart of this character, this show is that, you know, Regina was the evil queen and that's even Lana Perea has said, that's who she loves to play and that's what she loves to do. So when you fully redeem this evil queen character, then where do you go with her story? Because it's kind of the same conundrum they have with Emma and Hook. Well, you can't just show them watching Netflix, chilling on a couch. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why they introduced this baby storyline to give them some kind of drama. But I mean, I don't know. I like Regina's story independent of anything else that has happened kind of in the background to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm interested to see where it goes now, especially with all this stuff in the underworld coming and knowing who's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about Regina facing everyone in the underworld. They already (laughs) dropped so many hints about how she's going to have to face a lot of people who aren't so happy with her. Um, I actually thought Regina was remarkably calm and restrained this season, which is why I thought it was so cathartic when she had the fight with Zelina in the season finale and she booted her off to Oz because I felt like that was a long time coming and it it felt in character for Regina to do. How did you you feel about her being able to use the wand? Uh, Because that kind of seemed (laughs) seemed like it was something they should have built up a a little bit stronger instead of mentioning it in in an early episode and then just bringing it back just for the the finale. Because they could. Felt like it came out of nowhere. It was, you know, she had said I wasn't, if memory serves, I I didn't believe in myself enough. Well, actually, it was she wasn't evil enough because Mm -hmm. she and Hook argued about it. Right. So I, I don't know. That made no sense. We'll just do this so we can get rid of Zelina somehow in some fun way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so, sorry uh, for interrupting you. You were you were going somewhere? No, I was not going anywhere. I completely agree with you, actually. Okay. I, you know, weirdly, at the beginning of the season, I thought that Regina was almost losing her magical powers. So I remember having this conversation with Brittany, which was like, is she growing weaker or and something? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, but I I felt it was so confusing earlier in the season because I thought they were maybe going in that direction where because she wasn't evil and she's good, she's going to lose all of her magic. So mm-hmm. it was all a little scattered maybe. But um, again, I'm just looking forward to 5B because I think the underworld's going to be a lot of fun See, for Regina. I, I thought they were setting her up to be like the new savior with the, the white yes. savior-y powers and everything. That know? too, right? Yeah, I know. And certainly if you watch watch the first or second episodes of the season uh, that seemed to be what they were going to do. And she was going to have to come to terms with being the new savior, um, especially, you know, the price dealt with that a lot and then mm. didn't really go anywhere. And then everything changed directions. Uh, Daniel, what did you think about Regina this season? Definitely a secondary character for most oh, of the season, yeah. I think. Uh, but what we did get to see is more of her love develop with Robin. Mm -hmm. And that's nice, especially knowing, uh, because yes, I am a traditional kind of person, but especially knowing that Zelina was Zelina the whole time, not actually Marion. And so that frees up Robin that his wife is dead, unfortunately. But um, so to see Regina develop more of a partnership with Emma and working together and even like that moment where as kind of weird as it was with Regina forcing Emma to confront her walls, that's a powerful moment and a moment that can really only be shared between close friends. So it's great to see that development of her character and friendship. I loved that scene. Yeah, I Most also people thought, seem to hate it, but I loved it. I thought it showed a lot of maturity uh, from Regina's end to uh, the deal she made with Selena, uh, you know, concerning the baby, like, okay, we can do the shared custody, you know, as long as we're there, you can see the baby and everything. I, a lot more mature than, uh, well, actually, than the next episode, she ends up throwing Zelina to Oz, so maybe she recanted on that maturity. She <laughs> well, was when, like, well, when Zelina says, I'm taking the baby and leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, equal responses and all that. Because I was saying, uh, you know, in the the first episode when uh, Zelina was like, I'm just going to go back to Oz with my my baby in my belly. Yeah, bye. You guys have seen the last of me. See you guys. And I I was like, do it. Just let her go. Because she's evil. And she's just going to cause you no ending of pain and suffering. But then it wouldn't be once. Very true. Very true. Okay, uh, Jeff, what did you think overall? Sorry about the echo. I, I, I think I have it all set up right. But anyway, I guess you'll hear two of me. Uh, so I, I, I love Regina. I think she's great. I, we talked about her on the podcast. Like she's an old gunfighter helping out somebody who needs help. She's been through everything and spending time helping Emma kind of walk through this whole dark path. I think it was fantastic. And uh, I, I, there were so many moments where I said, I'd love to get people in a room that really hated Regina in season one and two and put them in a room now and say, what do you think now? So I think she was great. That would be interesting to see if someone like watched the show the first season and they mm-hmm. came back to it now, how they would react to Regina. Like, can, I can she... tell you some things that I've heard that people have said about Regina. And I think one thing that people don't really grasp onto is that the whole thing that she had with Emma, first of all, when she forced her to confront her walls, people were very upset. People, and this is our experience. We're very Tumblr oriented with our podcast. Mm-hmm. So we hear a lot of that. 
and people were very upset that that Emma would do that. And then there was a lot of upset about um, bringing Henry to the underworld and why would you bring your child and just a lot of stuff, a lot of grumbles. There will always be people that grumble about Regina um, because I think that they can't get past her past. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I completely agree with Jeff. I think she did a great job. And I think the majority of the general audience feels like she's she's redeeming herself pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely feel like that moment when she uh, was kind of pushing Emma to take a look inside and everything. I, th- I thought that was a really strong moment. That, w- that was more showing a friendship than, yeah. than anything for sure. Well, especially because Emma had told her, you'll do what you need to do when you need to do it. Nobody else will. Mm-hmm. And then they're all like, no, Regina, stop. That's mean. <laughs> that's what I'm supposed. That's that's my job here. That's the bestie job. Yeah, and as far as taking Henry Henry to the underworld, I mean, I, I think he really proved himself as a hero last season finale. I, I mean, I would have no qualms with him going if he were my son. He's not ten. <laughs> yeah. Like he's older just... than Harry Potter was when Harry Potter started doing all this stuff. So there we go. And I mean, they had dark marks this episode. So and, and in real life, Jared Gilmore is like twenty seven now. So I mean. <laughs> Okay, uh, Lisa, what did you think about Regina this season? I, I mean, I pretty much agree with what everybody's been saying, but the one thing that really struck me about her this season that I just loved was Coach Regina, mm. um, that she was a big supporter of Emma and the team, but she gave tough love. She didn't just mess around. She says, no, you can do it. I believe in you. No nonsense. Get over it. Buck up. Do it. <laughs> and she was awesome. And I got a little frustrated with some of the other characters that they didn't let her do that sometimes, that they wanted to baby Emma and be so nice. And Regina was like, no, we got to get this done. Right. And I just thought that was really fun to see her that way, but also to see that relationship with her and Emma. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, and it definitely felt more like a... They felt more like they were on equal footing now, too, versus previous seasons where at first, you know, they were enemies and then it it was kind of like teacher student kind of relationship. Now it it feels like they're friends. Yeah, they're 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 on their ground now. So they're more balanced. Oh, I I love this character. I can't wait to talk about him. He he rumple. Uh, what did you guys think about Rumpel's uh, turn and then turn back around and then he turns the, again? The but flip, he doesn't have flop, the limp the now, which is nice. Flip flop. Once upon a podcast, what did you guys think about Rumpel? Well, weirdness. It's what he loves. <laughs> it's what he loves in life, right? And so I'm very supportive of people pursuing their dreams and just owning what they like. <laughs> and this is this is what we said in our last episode. I mean, if. I think they can make it work. And I'm talking about Rumbell, okay? I actually think they can make it work. They fell in love when Rumpel was the dark one. And I think they can figure it out. So um, if he wants to be the dark one, if he wants to pursue his dreams, that's fine. And I think that's... Also, we're such huge fans of Robert Carlyle, too, because Mm -hmm. he's so great as the impish Rumpel, right? Mm -hmm. So I am excited to see him back in that role. You know, with that said, it is a little disappointing. We never got to see this whole uh, Rumpel trying to be a regular dude in Storybrooke. So, yeah, mixed feelings, but I think I'm going to just go with it. You you know, uh, we've been kind of talking, especially in the last episode and everything, uh, that Belle has this thing where she she likes bad boys i and i Lacey. i think it, yeah when, Racy when, Lacey. yeah when rumple uh wasn't a bad boy she wanted nothing to do with him the second he has the dark one powers again boom she's right back in the shop maybe <laughs> that's just why he did it 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. She, he wanted to be interesting to Belle again. <laughs> but how I like that times, theory. <laughs> I like how that many theory. times can we go back and forth and back and forth and back Man and forth? just need to commit to something. Just but do they it. are married. <laughs> they already did the committing yeah. thing. Oh, I, now we get a baby. Prob- oh my gosh. Ugh, that's a whole other. We need to have that's a whole true. other round table discussion. <laughs> Just about for the that babies. One. Just for all the babies. Stop bringing babies into the show. <laughs> it never, <laughs> never works out well. See, it's the a dark porch- one, baby, though. It's going to be straight up alien. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think what gets me about Rumble, too, is that way back in, well, not way back, but in 4A, he had this whole plan about like taking over the entire world or something that we never quite figured out and we still don't know and is he going to wind up being the ultimate bad guy by the time the show is wrapped that everybody has to defeat don't know that certainly makes things more complicated Mm -hmm. but i don't know i just want this man to commit to being the dark one so that i can start to enjoy him and not get my hopes up when they magically erase his heart and he fights a bear and he's redeemed (laughs) and then for whatever reason it doesn't matter yes yeah because i i I was i I was basically in love with uh hero rumple you know yeah White knight hero rumple from yeah. I was like, I really like with this character where this character is going. I like this progression. I I I see him being the the ultimate hero by the end of the series or something. And then they just in the last episode, bottle of magic, no more dark one. (laughs) Uh, Daniel Rumple thoughts. Opinions. You know, I love that they made his heart pure. They removed all of the darkness from him, and I also love that he is the dark one still. I just don't like these two things together in the same series <laughs> because it, it seems to cancel out so much of the hope of one thing that here the bad guy, the villain, the starting villain of the show can become the hero and start over fresh with Bell and all of that stuff. And, and so much of the last episode of 5A was beautiful until you discover, oh, he's the dark one again. And... That's where it gets frustrating. But at the same time, I think it gives freedom to, let's be honest, maybe give up hope that he'll be redeemed and just embrace that he is a villain. He's going to stay a villain. Mm -hmm. And sure, we can hope for love for him and all of that. But I think at this point, I'm giving up hope. I think he's fully villain and he'll stay fully villain until the end of the series. Yeah, I, I would hope so, because if they go back and forth again, I, it's going to just feel completely weak to me. Like, yes. if this was them saying, okay, we can give him every shot at redemption, and he's still not going to take it, I can live with that, definitely. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, will, it, it Daniel, what did you think about the whole uh, kind of outright stating that he he didn't uh, come back from the ogre wars and everything because he wanted to protect his family, but because he was a coward. I, I, I kind of thought I, I, that that struck me as a little bad because I, I I always thought it was. He was an interesting character, partly because he became such a bad dude from such a good place, you know, that he he, he just didn't want to leave his, his son fatherless and his uh, wife husbandless and his, uh, his dogs ownerless or something, you know. I think there is some cowardice in that because mm. here he was excited to be in the war and then he started seeing the soldiers coming back wounded and heard this prophecy and started worrying and I think he his fear of being a coward made him a coward. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy for him, really. I can see that. I can see that. Definitely. Okay, uh, Jeff, what do you think? Rumple, Robert Carlyle, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Gold, uh, Texas T, Jeff. Once a dark one, always a dark one. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I just hmm. I feel really bad for the, the Rumbell folk. Uh, it's a, it's a sad situation. I mean, it just it goes from bad to worse, and then there's a little glimmer of something, and then it's gone. But would we really like a totally good hero Rumble? I mean. That's really the question. See, I kind of did. I kind of, I kind of yeah. liked him. But yeah. it, then again, I, I can, I can definitely see he's way more interesting as a bad guy. Yeah. Too. But now it's like you just want to know what his end game is. It's like, all right, I got the Dark One powers back. What do I do now? Now what? And there should still be hope for Rumbell because Bell fell in love with him initially when he was the Dark right. One, like yeah. filleting Robin Hood in his basement. So <laughs> it can still work out. Yeah. Okay, I, we'll wrap up uh, the Rumple discussion with Lisa here. Lisa, what did you think about Rumple? Yeah, well, I was glad that he woke up earlier in the season because I missed him. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we talk about on our podcast is just how much we all love Robert Carlyle, that he's our favorite on the whole show, always. Um, I love every episode where he giggles. Because <laughs> 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 it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I do wonder what his endgame is now because we know just from past episodes and things that he's done in the past, but also what he explained early this season that everything he did as the dark one really was so that he could get his son back. Well, now his son's gone. So what is he going to do this time? What's the point now? Is it all going to be about bell, which I mean, he's got her. So just chill out and be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe, you know, maybe he can take some lessons from Emma in being the dark one, but using the powers just to help people. But either way, just keep Robert Carlyle on the show always. Maybe he just wants to get some new uh, gadgets and gizmos for a shop. Plenty. Down in the underworld. (laughs) Some rare goods. Well, I mean, they are going to the underworld. Maybe he can get his son back. Please? Okay. uh, Before we wrap up Rumpel, just an open question to anybody. What did you guys think of Head Rumpel? Uh, you know, the uh, the head version of Rumple, which I guess Head Rumple implies. Head but does, anyone so have any thoughts that. on Head Rumple? He was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit too much Rumple, not enough Dark One. I, mean, I liked seeing it. Don't yeah. get me wrong there. It was fun, entertaining, especially when he was inside Hook's head. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Dark One ness would have made more sense to be Nimue, but then they don't want to spoil that or to be a different dark one but then they have to show us some other dark one so why not let it be rumple because we all love to see robert carlyle made up like that yeah and i thought it was definitely an interesting way to incorporate that version of rumple without having a lot of flashbacks from that time period where he was glittery emory would have Hook's head rumple would have well we'll just say rump, head rumple would have been Emma. That would have been fun. That that that's where we should have gone, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been significantly better because then who am I talking to? Real dark one Emma or the dark one Emma in my head? But it well then it be. would have been like angels on his shoulder because the real <laughs> the uh, the angel and devil on his shoulder because one Emma the real Emma would be saying don't do it and then dark Emma in his head would be like do it do it. Yeah, that's like that would be where she's channeling all of the darkness would be going through little little head Emma. Yeah, I, I will say Angel T in the chat room says, do you think Rumpel saw a Zoso in his head? I don't think so, just because Rumpel didn't need much convincing. Nah, he's you good. Know, yeah, he, he, he completely embraced the Dark One powers immediately. So I, I don't think he needed a prior Dark One to, you know, mess with him. Yeah, I think he figured it out. Plus, I... I feel like it was fitting with his dark teacher personality. Like Rumpelstiltskin yeah. is a teacher. He's mm-hmm. 
a terrible and dark one, but I don't know. It just fit with who he is, too. Yeah, who was the dark one who had Gorgon as their mentor? <laughs> <laughs> How would you learn anything from <laughs> Like, what is that? <laughs> no, but that definitely makes a lot of sense, too, about him being the teacher and everything. Because, I mean, half the magic users on this show learn their craft from Rumpel. I mean, uh, Regina, Zelina, anyone whose Cora. names end with Ina. It's an entire family. Yeah, yeah. He taught the family. Mm-hmm. He was just looking for the right one. And he found her. Yes. Regina. 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 If you guys didn't know, spoilers. In case you weren't sure. Spoilers. Season one spoilers. <laughs> okay. Spoiler. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap up uh, the character discussions uh, before getting into some very specific questions with uh, a new introduction uh, to the show this and, season. Uh, yeah. I th- I believe her name is uh, – her full name is Merida Brave. <laughs> uh, Merida, make everybody brave. Merida Archer brave um what did you guys think of merida starting with once upon a podcast i love her yeah go ahead Brittany. i think we were both on mute and trying to scramble yeah. the- <laughs> um, <laughs> she was merida i mean she was merida she looked like merida she acted like exactly the way i would assume and a more grown-up version would be mm-hmm. but again story falls short just kind of goes away even with that whole random hour of this storyline has nothing to do with anything. The Canadian bootleg. Um, yeah. It still felt like I, her story was nowhere near wrapped up. There could have been more. She's still in Storybrooke somewhere, hanging somewhere. out. Um, so I really wish that they would have wrapped that up, or I hope that they're going to wrap that up and bring her back in some capacity. Okay, uh, what about you, Amanda? I, I feel like her flashback stories were kind of wrapped up. I was really satisfied with those, and I think those were really nice. Um, one of the episodes that was a flashback to her, though, was a horrible timing because it was right after Hook became the dark one, and then we flashed to an hour of Merida. So unfortunately, I think Merida was actually a little shortchanged because it was a lovely story and it was a lovely back backstory for her. And so I really enjoyed her flashbacks, but I had a difficult time enjoying them this season when there were so many other things happening with our core characters and it was very distracting. But yeah, I, I loved Merida and part of me just wants to go back and just watch the little Merida flashbacks and just enjoy them. Just mm-hmm. put them together as a sequel to Brave. Exactly. Uh, your own little sequel. No, I, I, I definitely liked uh, I, I thought Amy Manson did a great job. She was a great – she did great as the character. Mm-hmm. It just – it didn't fit. Also, that the, uh, you're completely right. That Canadian bootleg was bootleg. completely uh, Horribly wrong placed. Move. Yeah. If all they had to do really – was flip flop them. That the it, only thing that would have been an issue mm-hmm. would have been the um, Zelina and uh, Arthur, but um, they could have fixed that with changing like one thing. Yeah, probably. if people don't know the episode we're referring to is the, the Canadian Bear bootleg. It, yeah, it's the Bear King, the one with uh, Merida, uh, Mulan, and Mulan Red. and Red at random. They're gone now, <laughs> back to Character we, Island. We we call it the Canadian bootleg because we made a big bit of it in in that week's podcast yes. where we didn't talk about it at all, like it had, it, it never exist. happened, and we kept being like, "What episode are you? Talking what are you talking about? about? We don't. There get was it. a Merida episode. No, no, no. It, no, it was it just ended the one. at Hook becoming the Dark One. Yeah, and then some way a poke. Okay, Canada in our chat room was like, oh, it was, it was up here. It was on the CBC. They did it special just for Canada or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a misstep there. I would almost say that that episode could have worked as anywhere post season finale, like one more episode after the season finale. <laughs> Surprise! Like you're on this cliffhanger about it. They're going to the underworld. Oh, here's this untold story about what Except happened Selena to Maria. Yeah, and guess. we already sent Zelina back to Oz. Well, I mean, timelines don't seem to matter in this no, show. No. I have given up. 
like for three years in my head, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, so this was, I was like, I need to just do this. And then I'm like, nope, I quit. I quit with timelines. I'm done. Once podcast.com slash timeline. <laughs> we have one person who that's pretty much their only responsibility is to maintain the timeline. I have used that before. Thank you so much for that. And I hope you pay that person well. You better give them a raise, Daniel. Okay, uh, how, how about we go, uh, we type in uh, oncepodcast.com slash opinions on Merida. Daniel, what do you think? <laughs> um, the, the Canadian bootleg, as you say. You know, in our podcast, when we saw the two episodes back to back, I even said, I'm not sure if we're even going to do a podcast episode about mm-hmm. um, that second episode because there wasn't as much to talk about. But then when we rewatched it separately, we could really appreciate the storyline and as my co-host put it, think of it really as a sequel to Brave. And then it's it's enjoyable. And Once Upon a Time is all about the sequels and prequels to the stories we know. So getting to see Merida, and not only in one episode in the beginning of the season, but playing a part throughout the season, was really cool to see that. And they picked a perfect actress for it. Uh, they didn't use her in quite the way I expected, but that's fine. The writers had their own story to tell. It was just neat to see uh, a character and also get a nice Scottish accent joke coming from the guy who has a really thick Scottish accent. Right. Oh, and one of my big complaints about the Frozen arc was that none of the characters had the once twist. I, I'm not sure how Merida did on that because I actually still haven't seen Break. So I, I don't know if they, they twisted her enough no they didn't twist it enough you don't think so? i don't there was no there was even wisps she was saving people like okay she was saving family members and people turned into bears it was the same thing mm-hmm. just shifted like it was shifted down the timeline shifted over right next to mist haven and arendelle you know who else is right next to mist haven mm. jeff what do you think about Amerida? i i thought it was look this series is about girl power and then we have another girl powery Merida from yeah. scotland <laughs> And I thought that was great. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't know what she really brought to the the series as a whole. You know, the whole Helm story was very much like the fake Excalibur. To help people, they need this placebo thing to make them believe in themselves and so I don't know. Yeah, you know, you bring up uh, girl power. Like the the one of the things that bugged me about Merida is, yeah, very obviously she was supposed to be a very girl powery type character, but they never in a warrior character too. But they never let her fight anybody. No, it, it was always just like, okay, uh, I'm about to fight. Everyone lay down their weapons. Like, I, yeah, it, it would have been nice if she had had like one fight sequence or something, you know? But yeah. She and she had to keep proving the same thing over and over again. I'm brave. I'm do this. I can do that. Like we did that like four times in half a season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but no, a little repetitive. Uh, Lisa, wh- wh- why don't you? Uh, are you brave enough to finish up our discussion on Merida? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I really liked her character, and I thought the actress did a great job. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree that they didn't twist it enough. Uh, it was just, you know, grown up Merida facing some of the same problems, just a little bit more extreme because they were actually going to murder her brothers. Um, and I just hope that that's not the last we see of her because I feel like there's so many of these like trendy Disney characters from the newer movies that just kind of pop in for a little while and then they're just gone. So I hope we get to see her here and there. Um, and I definitely liked her more than Mulan as like a warrior girl. 
I've talked about it plenty of times on my podcast. I don't like Mulan at all. She's my least favorite character from the entire series. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, oh so you must have loved the Bear King then. <laughs> oh, I... I usually uh, watch every episode twice before I podcast on it, mm-hmm. and I ran out of time to watch that one again because oh, my daughter sure. was sick and did not take a good nap that day. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't get to watch it again, and I really didn't care. <laughs> I think that's the only episode I haven't seen a second time since we were like, yeah, no, nope, didn't here. happen. I'm not yep. watching it ever again. I have no notes. I have nothing for it. It did not happen. We did technically release an episode on it because yes. one of our listeners, uh, Bobby, Bobby Hawk, Hawk recorded an episode with his daughter, uh, which was kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we covered it. It was um, We did a double episode on the double airing, um, mm-hmm. and we probably talked about the first episode for 45 minutes, and then we maybe covered the other one in like 15 or 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> including emails <laughs> nice okay uh, so let's see okay character discussions done throw the characters out of your head all the head rumples out uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap up with, with a few more directed questions and uh yeah again we'll be starting with once upon a podcast because why not okay uh what was your favorite episode of season 5a my favorite one was club medieval also known as The Price, which I think I mentioned several times on this podcast. I sound like a big fangirl for one episode. I liked all the episodes, but I enjoyed that one um, because I thought it was, uh, it set the tone. I said it earlier. I liked the fairy tale tone of that entire episode. And I kind of liked the whole Emma mystery, which didn't end up really going anywhere if you remember emma had that conversation with henry about how henry could never fail her and uh so that was intriguing at the time right and uh and also like i said you know i just enjoy a good fairy tale ball what can i say (laughs) (laughs) okay uh Brittany. That one was also my favorite. A few different reasons. I liked the Regina part of that story. Not necessarily about the with the Robin part of it, but because the whole family kind of came together to support Regina in a way that I think surprised her a little bit. But also, there aren't a lot of times this season where I felt like the storytelling was that tight. And this episode had a clear beginning, middle, and end. And I really, looking back on the entire season, I appreciate that a lot about this episode. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, Daniel, what was your favorite episode? I think it was either Birth or Nimue. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them had some great dialogue and some some great um, plot twists to them and the kind of stuff that like that I've loved once upon a time for and those things that are the gasping moments that you're, you're saying basically no way or yes that's exactly what we thought would happen or those mm-hmm. kinds of things and I think I got that most in one of those two episodes mm-hmm. nice I, I, I will say uh, we'll, we'll call out uh, ones in the chat room too if we see them uh, Matthew Paul says uh, my favorite is a tie between Dreamcatcher and uh, Nimue. Some in the way. Okay, uh, Jeff, what was your favorite episode of the season 5A? Had to be birth, probably because of uh, Dr. Whale's comment. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. I I thought that that was just hilarious, and and, um, it didn't have a lot of flashing back and forward, so. I like birth a lot. Nice. Okay, uh, Lisa, what was your favorite episode of season 5B? No, I'm just kidding. Season 5A. <laughs> um, yeah. Thinking back on it, I'm like scrolling through it on IMDb, so I had the names. But mm. 
I mean, I definitely really like the ones that are more straightforward, um, that have a lot less flashing back. It's easier to follow. Mm. But I do love the ones that have that gasp moment um, that make you realize, oh, I should have known that all along. Um, but I think really what stands out in my head right now is the actually the first episode of the season, The Dark Swan, because mm. it was one of the first episodes that I can think of in a while where – Everything is just going well and everybody's happy and they're going to work together and it's all going to be fine. And then just in the last five minutes, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. How do we get back here? Everything was going so well. And everybody and they, lost their memories again. Again. Yeah. yeah like for, for an open, for a season opener, I thought it was great that everything was just going so well. And it was definitely one of those gasp episodes because you thought you were going to get to the end of the episode where everything was fine. And we were just going to see where it went from there. And then they snuck that flash in just to snag us and get us interested in the season of, okay, what happened in those six weeks in Camelot? <laughs> nice. Uh, JC uh, Pono 14 in the chat room agrees with you about the first episode. Angel says she likes the price and birth and uh, Anne-Marie, your favorite episode. My favorite. It's a toss up between Nimue and birth as well. Um, I loved getting the origins of Merlin that we'd been really dying for, for probably about two seasons. We're like, no, mm. we want to know whoever that person is. Um, and, and that didn't disappoint, but birth really had, um, what did I write? Uh, I'm trying to read from like across the room. Um, let's see, but birth really brought the pressure of the season to a head with the dark hook revelation. So I really loved that reveal. Like that was pivotal to me. So, um, and I think Daniel said he, he wanted to change his answer. Yeah. I, I was looking through, I knew that it wasn't must not have been one of those. It was the episode Dreamcatcher that was my favorite. And this is what we wrote in our show notes. It had so many feels. It rips your heart out and puts it back in, rubs it nicely, only to have it ripped out again. <laughs> yeah, nice. it was Dreamcatcher. I'm glad you found a Dreamcatcher to give you that memory back so you could uh, <laughs> turn to there at the last second. And uh, uh, my favorite episode was Name Away. Uh, no one cares why. Uh, let's see in the chat. Let's see. We also have Matthew Paul said the Dark Swan, Mary H. Nimaway. Um Yes. Yes, that's it. That's it for the chatter. That's it. Okay, favorite characters. Once upon a podcast, you go, go. first. Favorite character. Sorry, one, one. one character. One. One. Pick it. All of our listeners will be so shocked to hear that Amanda and I agree. I'm going to speak for Amanda. I'm going to guess psychically. We've been podcast co-hosts <laughs> for so long. Regina. I, we both really love Regina. We love where her character has been, where it's going, where it is now, um, where it is, where she is. That's more polite. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with her in the underworld because, like I said earlier, most everybody there is there because of Regina or Regina by proxy in Cora's case. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with her character. And then, of course, we've got Henry with Regina there. So a lot of Henry and Regina moments. Robin is there, too. So I don't know. I'm really excited to see what happens. Amanda, would you like to contradict your co-host? Maybe, because I was answering for season 5A. <laughs> no, overall in this series, yes, Regina is definitely my favorite character. But this season, I actually really enjoyed Zelina a lot. Oh my gosh, this is so funny, because she hated her so much. <laughs> I carried the weight of those episodes. <laughs> I 
hated her back in season three. This is the hysterical thing about her podcast. I changed my mind so much. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy. But um, I, I disliked Zelina in the past. But this season, I actually really enjoyed Zelina. And one of the reasons was we've been talking a lot in this episode about how um, a lot of the characters were flipping and flopping all over the place. And she was the one constant that I really enjoyed because she offered a bit of comic relief without mm-hmm. being too, too over the top. There's always a little degree of vulnerability with Selena. And just when you think she's just crazy and wicked and that's all she can do, and she does own it. She's great at it. I love it. At the same time, I still feel like they're just these tiny little glimpses of vulnerability and insecurity. And I'm really excited to see where that goes with this character. I just think she's a refreshing addition to once upon a time. Definitely. I, I, over in the chat room, JC Pono says that the dark Swan uh, was their favorite. And then Regina, 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 Regina. <laughs> yes. I think we have some of your <laughs> listeners here. <laughs> and uh, then Mary H says Emma and Rumpelstiltskin and, uh, and uh, Angel T. Emma. Angel T agrees with you about Selena. I hated her in 3B, but liked her this season. And uh, Daniel, what about you? Your favorite character, season 5A. Uh, of season 5A. Okay. Yeah, then, you have to narrow one gotta... character, one half season. Go. No more way. Tell me no more way. Yeah. Why? Uh, because uh, it was really neat to see the original Dark One. I really enjoy the going back to the very beginnings of things, the very origin of something, and to see Nimue. It's a toss-up, really, between Nimue and Merlin. But uh, probably Nimue or Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> what if they merge into one creature that's called Nima Merlin? Nima Merlin. Oh yes. Merlin. So are we shipping that? No. Merlin. That's Merlin. Done. Hashtag Merlin. It's official. It's happening. They're going to put out the uh, promo trailer tomorrow. Probably. Guaranteed. Jeff, uh, favorite character of season 5A? I like all the characters that have been brought up, but I love the witch from that Canadian bootleg episode. (laughs) I think (laughs) it's fantastic. I I really thought she was great. So... If only they'd aired it in the United States. If you guys must have been apparently, up in Canada. Apparently, yeah. They yeah. must have been on vacation or yeah, something. something. Weird. We had big binoculars and we just looked all the way over. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, Lisa, what about you? Who was your favorite character this half season? Uh, I'm trying to decide because like, I really loved Hook until I realized he was the dark one. That he was probably my favorite character this season. Like Him and Regina tied until he became the dark one and just went a little too far for me. Um, so kind of a tie between them, but I have to say though, um, favorite actress, <laughs> favorite actor, um, is a totally different thing. Cause like, I absolutely hate Zelina so much. I want to slap her every time she's on screen. And I'm always like, ugh, out loud when she comes on screen. And so I just have to say, good job, Rebecca Mater. <laughs> yes. Because yes. you made us hate you every time. And considering that's what the character's supposed to do, that's, she did that's a good a job success. then. That that's is a, a success. Check in the win column. Okay, as for me, uh, my favorite uh, this half season, I, I got to go with Hook. Uh, this is the most – he's one of my favorite characters on the show, and it's the most compelling he's been since season two, I think. Oh, yeah. You, you know, he, he, he's, he's been kind of like a – Lovey-dovey? Puppy dog pirate for, yeah. for the past couple seasons. But th- this season, he totally was not. He came in there uh, when Emma needed him, tried to help save her, mm-hmm. uh, when she backstabbed him. Emma, no. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he became Let this – he kind of leans back into the darkness and, you know, like it or hate it, it was interesting, which is yeah. something Hook hasn't been in quite a while. He's yeah. been a prop 
for a couple seasons now. He really has been a prop. He's like all but carrying Emma's purse. So uh, Emery, your favorite character. Dark Hook. Dark Not Hook? just Hook, Dark Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, the I'll do anything to save the love of my life Hook was better than what we had been getting because he actually had emotion and motivation behind his actions and words. But Dark Hook is everything that Captain Hook should be and lovey-dovey Hook is very, very boring. I like a love story. Hook it does not belong in that love story. And I uh, hear from the chat room, Matthew Paul says, I enjoyed Merlin. Uh, let's see here. Um, Kitty says, I would say Merida was my new fa- favorite new character from season 5A. Yeah. And uh, let's see anyone else here. Uh, no, I think that's about it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Mary H says pirate psychic. I don't know what they're talking about over in that chat room. They're crazy over there. Okay, uh, theory time. Do you guys have any big theories for season 5B? Uh, Where do you think it's going? Where do you think it will end up? Once Upon a Podcast. Be careful what you ask us because we have some crazy theories. We like crazy. We support crazy. Amanda predicted the underworld in season 3, so I don't know how she did that. She just did. Everyone thought I was crazy, but I said, I think they should go to the Underworld. And I was so excited this season when Robin was almost carried off to the Underworld. I love Robin, but I was very excited to see the Underworlds. Um, but, you know, honestly, theories, big theories for season 5B, I, I don't know that I have any. I'm just really hoping to see Cruella go nuts and be this crazy ghost running around Storybrooke <laughs> and I can't wait to see Cora. I think I hope that Regina and Zelina have some sort of interaction with Cora and I, I hope that the two of them perhaps are brought a little closer together in a in whatever way they can be if if they have some interaction with Cora and maybe can bond over mutually hating their mother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, what about you, Brittany? Uh, my only big theory is knowing what we know is the underworld, and it apparently, and once upon a time's loose interpretation of it, mm-hmm. it's going to be for people who haven't moved on or can't move on because of unfinished business. Hook may not even be there. He accepted his fate. He wanted to die. He wanted to be a hero. Oh. So what if they go through all of this and they can't even find him because oh. he moved on? Oh, yeah, we actually brought up that possibility on the next episode. Yeah, what if they get there uh, to say, the dude and he's not there and they have no way out and then he has to come from wherever he is to, to save, save them, them. No, no no i will always find you <laughs> stop stealing your mom's life daniel uh, what about you any theories you know i i actually haven't been all that focused on theorizing yet for 5b i guess i'm still kind of in shock in the direction that they're going and i do stay completely or i try to stay as completely spoiler free as possible uh, I do run across some stuff. So I am excited about episode 100, uh, just knowing that there's going to be some awesome stuff happening in episode 100. I think this could be the last season. And if it is, I don't want to see them end it in the underworld. I'd rather see them end it in a different way, unless this is maybe the way that they've been planning to end it. I don't know. They know how they want to end the season or the series. Mm-hmm. But then again, I thought season four might be the last one as well. Mm-hmm. I think we thought that too at one point. Yeah, at one point. It, well, I, th- I think during the Frozen arc, we kind of wished it. But then, yeah, well, then that was because we wanted to save ourselves. <laughs> well, We're like, the, please. The reason I think it will be the last, and I'm, I like the show, so I'm not saying yeah. I want it to end, but I, I'm saying I think it will or could, because look at 
all of the original concepts and questions that have been answered, addressed, shown. We got to see the original power of the Dark One. We got to mm-hmm. see the author. We got to see the origin of the storybook. We got to see all of this origin. I don't think there are any origin stories left. Oh, I'm sure they'll find one. Yeah, that's that's why I'm a little because worried. Because we about. got a flashback to something. <laughs> <laughs> they'll bring in the, the Aristocats. Aristocats, season 6A. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, I definitely no. agree with you, Daniel. I definitely feel like, uh, and it's not any haterady sort of reason or anything. I, I feel like if it feels like if they end this season, it'll be ending without running it into the ground. Plus, they hit that uh, magic one hundred number for syndication. Uh, I think that's all they were going, for. Uh, which you know everyone gets paid. Uh, so, so I guess I guess we'll see. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this ended up being the last season. Uh, Jeff, any theories? I think it's next to the last season. I think that at the end of 5B, we're going to get the old lost, uh, we have to go back kind of a deal. <laughs> go back to the way it was in season one, basically. And I think that's what that's what I see happening. And I do like Lisa's idea about the underworld and this is one of my theories. I, I'm not a theory kind of a guy because I, I don't have good luck with them, actually. So, uh, But I do like the idea of Emma going into the underworld and seeing Graham, seeing Neil, and seeing Hook and have to make a decision because it's only like eight men, eight people enter, eight people can come out. So you have to only choose one. And I know that she has a plan to kind of switcheroo and take one out. But that, I think, is going to be really compelling. Who 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 do you love the most? Who are you going to choose? So that's that's my only theory. Neil, Neil, sorry. <laughs> Bill, building off your theory, I think that uh, in season five B, they're going to reveal that the island from Lost is off the coast of Misthaven. <laughs> Okay, uh, Lisa. Any theories uh, from you? Um, not really any theories. Um, but uh, Jeff just got me thinking. Um, you know, maybe Hook is going to run into um Mila down there. He can bring Mila back, and then Emma can bring Neil, and everybody can just and all is well in the world. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Um. No, but no real predictions. Um, but the one thing that I would love to see happen is if they meet Hades and he's played by James Woods. That would be <laughs> awesome. And and uh, he he's he's done that voice on like everything from like uh, video games to peanut butter commercials. So I'm sure he'd be down to you know come up, come on the show. He's it's not one doing of his anything. stocks. Yeah, he cracks me up. I love him as Hades and Hercules. You know, here's something crazy to consider. I just looked up James Woods on IMDb. And one of the things he's known for is being in Once Upon a Time in America. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> uh, Brittany, you, you had one more? Uh, you have theory. a bonus theory? Yeah. I do have a bonus theory. We know that Dorothy is coming back all grown up. What if that's baby pistachio? I mean, they already screwed around with the timelines, right? So, hey, why not? <laughs> that would be... Like they would have had of a, to... You know, that's a, that's a crack theory, but I it's fun. I like it. They would have had to like send baby pistachio back in time and then... To fo- Kansas. And then accelerated her aging or something like that. Well, it. see, now well, we're crossing into heroes territory. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that's accelerated in the womb. You know, her acceleration just keeps going. <laughs> oh, see now that like the baby on Grimm. Yeah, or Twilight. All, <laughs> all the babies on Grimm. 
Okay, I, see, I, I, I... We're crossing the things you don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't feel awkward at all. No. Um, okay, I have Cowardly one theory, honor. and this is uh, one that came to me uh, during the season finale. I think I'm probably wrong, but if I'm not, I, I want to say I called it. I think the characters might already be in the underworld in the la- last minutes of the season finale. Because, uh, you know, you have a lot of uncharacteristic things happening. You have Snow and Charming giving up. You have Rumpel, who's fought to, uh, you know, through the whole season to become better than the Dark One, uh, becoming the Dark One again, Belle coming back to him again, uh, Emma losing Hook, you know, all these terrible, awful things happening. The sort of thing you would think would happen or you would perceive happening if you were in some janky version of hell or the underworld so maybe at the end of the episode they're not going to the underworld they're already there and it's already started and it's already happening and uh so i i think uh you know based on you know the season finale and the preview it's a possibility i'm probably wrong uh but if they do it i think it'll reveal or redeem a lot of the season finale for me i think it'll make a lot of those out of character decisions and moments uh, make a lot more sense so i hope i'm right but I'm probably wrong. Bill, hold on to that theory. Yeah, you might I'm have to hold on to it for long. a long time. But hold <laughs> on to that, and that someday you'll realize why I told you to hold on to that. Okay. So I have. To... <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck for three months, right? Like that. You'll be good. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll we'll check back on that. We'll put a pin in it. We'll put a hook in it. Put a hook in it. Okay. Uh, let's uh, to wrap up. Let's get critical. My crazy theory. Oh, sorry, Amory, your crazy theory. I thought since it had kind of been uh, yes, but my reason wasn't said. Okay, my, I have a different. Fair I'm enough. on team final season. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it kind of feels like some people are phoning it in, and there are too many <laughs> pregos on this show right now. <laughs> Not everybody can have another baby. I'm sorry. Henry's pregnant. Season five B. <laughs> you know that's pretty much where we're at. There cannot be another baby Neil because he's the only one not actually growing up for some reason. He's still like an infant. And well, now we're going to have the Rumbell baby because we know that's going to happen. We've got baby Green Bean who still doesn't have a stinking rotten name. Like y'all just go have your babies. (laughs) Either give me a whole new cast, which I know makes some of the people in the chat room very happy and like move on or call it a day. (laughs) I like the show, but enough, enough. Let's learn from the X-Files and go out when we're on top. Exactly. Exactly. We're a season behind that, but that's don't okay. don't bring in a new Emma. Don't 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 uh, recast Emma as the girl who played her as a teenager, deager, or something like that. Please don't even go go, don't give them ideas. <laughs> Do not give ideas. Okay, now we may continue. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up. Uh, let's get. I, I mean, we we've been a little critical already. Some of us. Uh, don't judge us, me, especially. I know, but uh, let's get critical. What's one thing you think the show can improve on? Uh, once uh, upon a podcast, you go first. Actual storytelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, what I mean by that is it's time to retire the AB format because I think what this half of the season proved and I think the Queens of Darkness season, they could have done so much more had they had 22 episodes to stretch that out. Had they and taken think, 22 episodes to right. stretch that out. And what I'm, what we're seeing now, and I think a little bit of this was in Frozen 2, it's all of it is so rushed in the very in the last two episodes or so that it's like they wrap everything up super quick and there are more questions than there are answers and it's just it's like everything with a bang when really one of the best finales was the end of 3a at the town line emma's going away with henry it was quiet it was poignant i really would love for them to get back to that they can still do their 
half a season break, half a season, just do one story. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think I think I, to, uh, the flashbacks and the modern day storytelling, especially since the two timelines were so close together, it, it just confused it a lot. A, a lot of times you're like, oh, wait a second, did that happen in Storybrooke or Camelot or this, that? Because you'd have like the characters discovering each other and then the characters discovering each other again because they didn't have their memories. And it, it, it worked really well in the first season and in other half seasons they've tried it, tried it in to some degree. Uh, but I, I really felt it bogged this season down. Yeah, I think you're completely right on that. Uh, Amanda? Yeah, I agree with Brittany. And I think that one way they could accomplish maybe a better season would be to focus things in on just a few characters and really focus the story into the core characters. If they do introduce new characters, just make sure they have enough time to tell the story they want to tell with them. I think Ariel is a really good example of that a few seasons ago. When they introduced her, they gave her a nice story. It kind of wrapped up and she swam off. Um, and, and so I think they could do that. And, you know, if they're going to reintroduce Mulan or Aurora or these other characters that we already know, then, again, just focus their story a little bit and give them enough time to have a nice little well-rounded sub-story. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Much agreed. Much agreed. Daniel, uh, wait, 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 any criticism? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I love the show. It's the only current TV show I watch, actually. And I agree with much of what the chat room is saying, is essentially stop rebooting the same storyline, very similar to what Brittany said. But also, I would say hire one of the fans who's basically a walking encyclopedia of Once Upon a Time knowledge. I have a particular suggestion from our podcast team. (laughs) And get them on board so that you can run by with that fan all of the continuity stuff and ensure that everything makes sense, it fits with the continuity of the show. There are a lot of things where it's kind of like the old TV show Knight Rider, where every week the car could do something new that you never knew it could do before. That's what it seems like with magic is every week we learn there's a new thing that can be done. There's a new loophole. There's a new way that Rumple could have traveled from Enchanted Forest to a land without magic. There, A lot of stuff like that. Just tighten up the storytelling. And just like with Lost, and this is not a spoiler, so don't worry, Bill. <laughs> just like with Lost, they really were able to focus when they had an end date. And they knew we have this many episodes left to do to tell the story we want to tell. That's what Once Upon a Time really needs so that Kitsis and Horowitz can tell that story the way they want to tell it in the amount of time that they can. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Well yeah, said. yeah. I disagree with three things, but I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff, what do you, th- what do you think? Any criticisms you have for Once Upon a Time? Where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> we like that it's a song. Okay, uh, we should probably say that Jeff loves the show. Uh, just <laughs> give that a <laughs> I do love the show. And that was what I tweeted out. I think all of us on our podcast said, well, first off, we all love the show. But so the I do agree with what everyone, what has been said. But I also want to focus in on the question and the mysteries are just so fast. We had hook dark one for five minutes. And it just, it really didn't lay itself out. So I... And sometimes I think they need to take more time for certain things and less time for other things that take longer. So Agreed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Lisa, 
uh, your thought, critical thoughts. Be critical. Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned it earlier, but my number one criticism for the show every single week is the terrible CG. <laughs> <laughs> every single week. I'm just like, come on, like, give us a real stone wall for a castle. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like, a, it's one of those things. It's, it's super easy to pick on because it's so noticeable. At the same time, I, I think about it. I'm like, man, they, there's probably like a team of like four guys who have to do this, like bust these oh, out okay. like in yeah. a week. So it, on one hand, it's like, yeah, you could step up your game a little bit. On the other hand, it's also like, well, I guess it's kind of commendable, especially con- if you look at like, I don't know, Star Trek The Next Generation or something and the kind of CGI stuff they did on there that they had just one stock clip that they would play over and over and over again throughout mm. the episode because it took 20 years to render anything. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we've come a long way, but yeah, they could probably they could probably throw a couple extra textures yeah, and I things feel like- or... I feel like there's a lot of shows these days that use CG, you know, shows and movies that use CG and do such a better job of it. So I just don't understand why it's always been so lacking for this show. Even if maybe it was like not so great the first season, but then they got more funding because the show was doing well and they could do better CG later on. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't happened. So no. that's no, my and like, criticism. Why do they have to CG everything that's inside? Like everything in Camelot was CG. Like every promo picture was the purple wall. Like they couldn't have like built one wall and like reworked it at least a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, we're shot on location in an actual castle. I, you know, there's got to be one in Vancouver. Well, I f- I feel like they could have. Uh, yeah, you know, they could have just uh, with all the money they put into CGI, they could have built like a six castle? or seven ca- castle sets so they could, <laughs> that they could redress. You yeah. Know? yeah. As needed for because I mean there's a ton of locations in the show but you know you don't have to do a lot just hand change different... some colors put a different picture up and you know you're good to go yeah. don't always use the round table even lighting you can do that with just light it a little differently and it looks like a completely mm-hmm. different set right uh, Emery criticisms. Just be consistent. Like, don't forget the things that you've already created and developed and set up before, you know, moving right along. Like, they would set something up and, like, two episodes later, completely forgot it happened. I'm mostly thinking with Merida and try and um, Rumple and the whole being brave and believing in yourself and doing all that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we went through that, like, three times in half a season. Mm-hmm. And no, don't make me do that again. Like, that... And wait, hold on, wait for it, wait for Oh, stop wiping their memories. No good can come of that. <laughs> I know. Just they, stop. They all have brain damage now. Seriously. like. <laughs> so I guess we need Dr. Whale to do a test study on all of them and be like, what happens when you – Maybe that Oh, wait, explains, he might eat the brains now. Maybe that explains the inconsistent characterization. They're all like – They're all zombies. They have holes in their brain at this point. They're all they zombies. They just get paint. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, that's – like Dr. Who, they have the diaries and him and – um. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, my criticism is I, I feel like they need to be more willing to let the characters change. I feel like they, they're, they, they feel like they need to walk it back and reset them to zero in a lot of ways. And I think that kind of hurts uh, the storytelling and hurts the progression that could mm-hmm. be there uh, for all the different characters. I also think, uh, you know, the combo of Frozen and Brave uh, proves that bringing Disney characters to the show as they are in the as they are in the films, completely whole cloth from costume the to costume. Uh, yeah, ultimately hurts the show because uh, it, 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 they're totally different enough. Mm-hmm. To where it makes them have to walk back the once characters a little bit to match the movie characters and walk forward the movie characters a little bit to match the once characters, but not in a good way. Yeah, uh, doesn't work. I, 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 
I, again, I, I would like to see Merida revisited and see her storyline do completed. something else. Yeah, and uh, wrapped up and everything for sure. At the same time, I hope I hope they they they're good with bringing these characters in whole cloth from the movies, unless it's Hades. James Wood, I would be okay. Bring that in. There, we're good there. Okay, uh, so uh, the way we usually wrap up, guys, if you haven't heard the show, is uh, we do an arbitrary scale uh, to rate an episode, or in this case, a season, and we'll go through these. And uh, as you, as you give your arbitrary scale if you want to promote your your uh, podcast website uh, your twitter handle uh, your your restaurant that you run on the side all that feel free and uh, we'll start with once upon a podcast again okay let's see here out of oh, the arbitrary scale yeah I'm, I'm thinking here out of out of it's gonna be weird guys no Just you know what ready. i'm gonna Just i'm not calling back to anything in once yes, upon a are. time season 5a i'm calling back to something from earlier in Tonight? this recording okay out of 117 darn socks, how many darn socks do you guys give this episode? Oh, Once Upon a Podcast, you go first. 117, of course. <laughs> you have to justify have, it. Yep, justify. This was, and, and Bill and Anne-Marie, thank you so much for inviting us to this. This has capped off an awesome year for us, for our podcast. I think we're the new kids on the block, basically. Mm-hmm. We didn't start until season three, so it's been a lot of catch-up and having fun and meeting you guys. Um, and then I, Jeff was, he was on our podcast when we first started, he came on, he forced me to watch Star Wars. I'd never seen any movie <laughs> at all. And now I have, and I'm really excited for Star Wars. So, More power to you. Um, so thank you, Jeff, for doing that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's why 117 darn socks, because I could talk about the show. I think all of us have proven that we could talk about the show for a very long time mm-hmm. and it's more fun when you can do it with friends. So Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Amanda? I agree with Brittany. I've had so much fun this evening. It's so nice to talk with all of you and meet you. And um, do you want me to do my shameless plug right now for do it. our shameless podcast? Plug it. Okay. Yes. So once again, we're on once upon a podcast. So we usually podcast every Tuesday. We are doing some hiatus episodes, so stay tuned for those. You can find us at OUAPodcast.com. And I'm very active on Twitter. Our handle is Once Upon Podcast. We have a Facebook page as well at Facebook.com slash OUA Podcast. And we're part of the Podcastica network. So you can find Game of Microphones for Game of Thrones, the Walking Dead cast, um, the Evil Dead cast. And a bunch of other things there at podcastica dot com, and I am on Twitter at Brit underscore Duke. So if you like, uh, if caps lock and cussing is your thing when it comes to live live tweeting, that's me. I do the family friendly live tweeting on Once Upon Podcast. <laughs> and my, my personal Twitter is writer Amanda G. That's I, my day job. <laughs> uh, Amanda, uh, we didn't get. I don't think we got a number of darn socks from you. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't actually oh, rate the uh, I, half season. Oh. Out of 117. I'm terrible at math. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be difficult. Can I give it like a... a Don't, do not give me a percentage. An you need a 75%? Okay. Don't, don't. You, you have to use like the arbitrary out. scale. You have to respect the arbitrary Does scale. Does anyone in the chat room know how to, how to do math? 75%. This is what I deal with, people. This is me every week. 87 and three quarters. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So I give that many socks because I, you know what? I love Once Upon a Time. I, hello. I 
<laughs> devoted the last three years of my life to it, basically. <laughs> uh, it's such a fun show to talk about. And, you know, I, I'm excited about next season. What can I say? <laughs> uh, Mary H. in the chat room, by the way, gives it 168 darn socks. That's way off it's, the scale. It's way, way off, off the, the scale. Uh, JC Pono, uh, 14, gives it 90 darn socks. Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, but wait, Mary H., I'm not sure if it was 117. It should be 115. I think the 168 is something else. Yeah, and they're talking math in there, so I'm going to ignore math. them. Daniel, no. how many darn socks and what's your podcast? I'm Daniel J. Lewis from OncePodcast.com and on Twitter at OncePodcast. I would give this season probably 89 darn socks out of 117 because it had a lot of really cool things that I was really excited to see, but a lot of really annoying things too. And I'm letting the cool things overpower the annoying things and enjoying it. Uh, we do have some plans for some hiatus stuff, like we'll be reviewing Gallivant when that comes out Gallivant. and uh, working Sorry. on some other um, hiatus stuff. And we're going to host a Once Upon a Time season five finale party in the greater Cincinnati area. So if anyone is anywhere near there and would like to join us or podcast with us or anything like that, invitation is open. Details will be later. Once again, oncepodcast.com. Excellent. And uh, just uh, I got word in my ear here. Uh, I have something weird in my ear that talks when people type. I, uh, Brittany uh, changed her rating because she didn't realize it was for the full half season. She thought it was just this episode. Which was 117 darn socks. Okay, there <laughs> um, we go. So for the, the season overall, I think I'm somewhere in like the 80 to 90 darn gotcha, socks range. Gotcha, yeah. nice. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Jeff. Jeff? Jeff. Jeff. Uh, how many darn socks out of 117 do you and give And shameless self-promotion. 95 uh, darn socks, and that's really based on the strength of Regina's really deep, sage advice. I, I could really listen to her talking to Emma forever. I think she has so much great insight that she's really trying to help her learn and avoid making the mistakes that she made. I, I think that that's fascinating because I think, you know, a parental and friend, those type of conversations, I don't think we really hear enough of that. And I, I it was just fantastic. Plus, plus the witch and the helm and all that. I think that was cool too. Uh, so uh, I'm real. I am really fanboying out. Uh, these are great podcasts here. I think everyone really, you guys do a great service to the fans, especially this half season. And I really want to commend all of you guys for staying at it, keeping at it, doing what you do best. Uh, it's really, it's really a, a great honor that, that, that I'm a part of this. So uh, I'm myself and Colleen are the host of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. And weirdly enough, the URL is onceuponatimepodcast.com. So go <laughs> figure. Uh, but uh, anyway, thanks for the invite, guys. Thank uh, no you problem. for joining us. Had to. I, and I, I will say I, I got to meet uh, Jeff and hang out with Jeff and Colleen at RegalCon. And the nicest couple to sit across the table from me while I ate a salmon salad ever. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> okay. Uh, over in the chat room, we have a few people. Uh, Angel T says about 100 darn socks. Uh, ANT says this season is a 60 out of 117 darn socks. There are way too many uh, line mess-ups and drop plot points and just lazy writing. Uh, Rose gives it 117, best show ever. And uh, I think that's all the scores we have right now. Oh, so, um, yes. Lisa, darn socks, podcast plugs. Plug your socks with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say 99 darn socks. 
Um, it was really good, and it kept me, you know, guessing and asking questions and getting question answered and getting new questions, and I enjoyed it. But I feel like it wrapped up a little too quickly at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so just 99. Um, and then my plugs for the socks. Um, <laughs> I am with the Once Upon a Time podcast with the DVM Podcast Empire. All our podcasts for all our million shows that we do are on dvmpe.com. Um, we are on Facebook, the Once Upon a Time podcast. And then we're on Twitter at OncePod. And we live tweet the shows, and it's kind of crazy. I switch off that with um, one of my co-hosts, Cheryl, who unfortunately was not able to join us tonight. I, yeah, oh, yeah. I, it's sad that she, uh, she wasn't able to join us, but uh, oh, no. darn. Darn, darn socks. socks. <laughs> Emery, uh, what do you give it in darn socks? And then I'll wrap up with our plugs. 94. 94. I'm giving it 94 what? darn socks. Lots of good, lots of bad. Why the heck did we bring Red and Mulan? But we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. It was pointless. Um, yeah, 94 ish. 94? Ish. Ish. Yeah, okay, 93 and a half, whatever. Okay, okay, that's okay. fair. Okay, as for me, I'm going to give it 100 darn socks because I, I think uh, with all the, the problems I had with it, I, I, I definitely uh, really enjoyed the, the dark one. Uh, situation that the whole dark one explanation i i enjoyed merlin i enjoyed particular aspects of camelot like uh, king arthur and everything like that so i'm going to give it 100 darn oh, socks okay. and uh, as for us we are greetings from storybrook you can find us at greetings from storybrook.com the twitter's at gf storybrook facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from storybrook and i'll throw in the voicemail number two four two four two seven four two three five two uh, we did have some feedback from Mary H tonight, but I think we, we're running kind of long, so yeah. we'll cut it. And Mary H will uh, we'll read it on something on something. We'll, Our I'm next sure, something, yeah, I'm sure we'll do a spoiler party uh, before the season comes out. Uh, after the first of the year, we'll be back with some commentaries. Uh, we're on to season two now. We've uh, commentaried every episode of season commentated. one. Commentated, commentated, commentary is not no, Com- no it's, it's commentary. Whatever. Okay, I uh, know, but we're gonna keep uh, keep up with those. And uh, besides that, we'll be back in March to talk. Uh, Season five B. Woo! Yeah, uh, definitely. So, uh, our podcasters in the room here. I'm going to ask you to mute yourselves because I'm going to play our theme song. One thing we always dance to our theme song. So you must dance. So I'm going to put the onus on you guys to dance to our theme song at the end. You should be able to hear it. Uh, So until next time, greetings from Storybrooke. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat Jeff room. Jeff types, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. <laughs>